Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to Carter. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. If you're like me, Saturday cannot get here soon enough. There are so many questions. Is Shea Patterson the difference maker? So many of us think he will be. Is the offensive line better? Is the defense as fast and dominant as advertised? When the season begins, there are always more questions than answers. But you know what? That's why I like opening with Notre Dame. You can't hold anything back. It might be the first game of the year, but you have to bring it from the first snap. And you'll learn a lot about your team in those first four quarters. Jim Brandstatter says Saturday's game is important not only to Notre Dame and Michigan, but to college football. Viewers will tune in to watch the game, even if they aren't fans of either team. Since the series resumed in 1978, there have been a few clunkers, but the majority of games have been nail biters and several of them classics. Joining me next on our Michigan Game Day segment is radio play-by-play voice Jim Brandstatter here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. with us on our game day segment as we get ready for the big opener down in South Bend on Saturday night is the radio play-by-play voice of Michigan football Jim Brandstatter. Great to have you back Jim. Mike it's good to be with you too and it's great to have football season underway isn't it? Oh isn't that the truth? Uh, it seems I was telling listeners last week uh, we preview in August but in reality it seems like we've been previewing <laughs> since the bowl game ended. It's just a long long off season isn't it? It is. 
lot to talk about, too. I mean, the whole drama with, with Shea Patterson and is he going to be eligible? What's the NCAA going to do through spring practice? All that stuff because quarterback was one of those questions that everybody had this year. So it's kind of dragged out a little bit, and uh, now I'm glad that uh, we're going to tee it up and play for real. All Michigan fans feel that way. Of course, uh, last night, Sunday night, was an open scrimmage. or, or pra- Well, actually not a scrimmage, but a practice uh, at the big house. Did you get a chance to, uh, to see any of that? Uh, no, actually, I was out of town. Uh, but, uh, you know, I know what they do. I've seen practice a couple, three times this year. Mm-hmm. And I know that they wanted to do an appreciation kind of night for the fans and let the fans come out because Jim really has closed all of practice and nobody's really gotten a good look at the team. So you get them out in the big house with the crowd. It's good for the freshmen, too, uh, the true incoming freshmen, that they get a look and see what, what it's like in the big house with people there and the interaction you can have with the Michigan fans. So uh, more than anything, that might be for the, for the freshmen and, and for the fans, and it's basically just drills, uh, not a lot of contact. And uh, I think Jim does a nice job of making sure that the faithful are uh, right up to speed with what's going on with the Wolverines. Well, it was a good chance, as you said, for the fans uh, to get a look and the, and the freshmen to get out in the stadium under the lights. Looking at this team now this year, Jim, as a, as a former offensive lineman, there's so much we don't know about this team, but we do know the key to any offensive success begins in the trenches. Are we going to be better this year? Well, you hope so. I mean, uh, let's face it, last year uh, uh, Michigan played three quarterbacks, and all three of them got knocked out at one time or another because of blitzes where the offensive line couldn't hold somebody out. That's that's totally unacceptable for a Michigan offensive line. But, you know, at the same time, Jim Harbaugh and his staff are not blind. They understand, you know, where their problems were. They do self-scouting. And uh, in the offseason, Jim kind of, I think, tried to address that. Brought in Ed Warner to coach the offensive line. Changed up his offense. Got a new offensive coordinator or let the old one go. And I think the even though there isn't a titled offensive coordinator on the staff, I think there are three guys that are kind of doing the offensive coordination. That's Jim Harbaugh, uh, Jim McElwain, and, uh, and Ed Warner. Uh, and one of the things that I know that they wanted to do is get that offensive line better, be more aggressive, be stronger, be bigger. And, and, and what I've seen in, the, in practices that I've been able to go to, uh, they are bigger. And, and I think they all play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. So I'm, I'm looking forward. We won't know. I mean, until we play somebody with a different colored jersey. And when we do that and we find out how good that offensive line is, running the ball against a team that wants to stop the run and protecting your passer when they're blitzing, those are the things that will tell you whether that offensive line is getting the job done. And hopefully this year they'll get it done. But, again, Saturday against Notre Dame is going to be a big test. Well, Jim, do you like the fact Jim named Shea Patterson the starter almost two weeks before the opener? I do. I like it very much. I think it's significant because – you know Jim's history. Uh, he hasn't named a starting quarterback, I think, since he's been at Michigan until the game day, mm-hmm. or the first game, or the first you know couple days before the game. Uh, the players have known, but but the public hasn't known. So I think two weeks before the season, he announced that Shea was the starter. I think that's significant because I think that means that in the first couple weeks of fall camp, that he really excelled and took over the job and and just said, this is my job, and he did it in practice. And, and that's where you, for the most part, have to get the job done. And I think Jim feels confident and comfortable that he stepped ahead of everybody else and kind of strangled the job and said, this is mine. And so, so I think, to me, that speaks volumes about 
uh, about Shea Patterson's preparation, uh, getting ready for this fall, and the job that he's done in the early part of practice. Because I know Jim Harbaugh well enough to know that when he says, "I got four quarterbacks, I want to roll the ball out and see who you know takes the uh, bit in his mouth and runs with it," it appears that Shea Patterson has, and I think that bodes well for the Michigan offense. Well, Shea is going to have plenty of uh, talented targets, many of them unproven. Tariq Black will not be one of them Saturday night. Just news that kind of makes you sick. Uh, we're not exactly yeah. sure the extent of that injury, but from what we hear, Jim, it's the right foot this time. I think last year was uh, it was the left foot that was broken and required surgery, but just heartbreaking that Tariq is going to be out. Yeah, it is, and I'm going to have to get confirmation on all that stuff and see you know, what they know, because I know the doctors are going to evaluate that, but Tariq is a is a weapon, and he's a very important part of that offense. And last year when they lost Tariq, you know, that offense lost some production. Uh, he was a deep threat guy. He was a big, big receiver, could go get footballs. So, um, yeah, that's going to hurt. But like we all say in football, when somebody goes down, somebody else has to step up. And Nico Collins came on at the end of last year, and he's going to have to step up. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to have to step up. Uh, same thing with a, a guy like Grant Perry, you know, from the slot. Uh, Oliver Martin, a uh, young freshman by the name of uh, Ronnie Bell. Those guys are all going to have to kind of, I think, step up and get the job done. And don't forget, they're, they're receiving tight ends. Jim likes to use them. And so they'll be part of the receiving game, too, with Gentry and McCune and, and Eubanks, those guys. So just, you know, it's, it, it's, it's sad, and it just takes one of those weapons away. Hopefully it won't be all year. Hopefully he'll be able to get back and play, Tariq. But in the meantime, the other guys just have to say, okay, I'm going to pick up the slack. We haven't seen a snap from this offense yet. I'm optimistic. I seem to be every year, though. Um, I, and I can't in any way imagine, Jim, especially with the uh, the offensive line having more seasoning now, that this offense is not going to be better this year. Well, I think you're right. And I think the other thing that is uh, the X factor, Shea Patterson, brings a mobility at quarterback, the ability to extend plays, and while extending those plays, make plays downfield with his arm and his legs. And so I think that that gives Michigan that little extra that, that they may not have had with a Brandon Peters or a Wilton Spade or a John O'Corn last year. Um, and, and I think that Shea's ability to run the ball, extend plays, and make plays outside the pocket is going to be that X factor that defenses aren't prepared for that I think is going to give Michigan a bit of an edge. Now, he's got to pull that off sometimes. But uh, for the most part, I think that you know his ability and his you know his his mobility, I think, is going to be a big factor in Michigan's offense being a little bit more dynamic than it was in the past couple of years. Well, we might have questions about the offense. We'll get a lot of those answered on Saturday night. But on defense, Jim, I guess the only question is, how good can this defense be? Yep, and I think they can be pretty good. Somebody <laughs> uh, asked me the other day what you think about it, and I said, "Well, look, I don't, I don't compare usually teams because it's different areas, different places." But mm-hmm. the 1997 national championship defense was. Outstanding, and I think that this defense that, that that Don Brown has assembled today may be may be close to that. The only thing they're missing is a Heisman Trophy corner in Charles Woodson. They are they are they're very good. They're very fast. They're very athletic. They um, they play a scheme that fits all of their personalities, not just their personalities, but their talents. You know, you've got uh, defensive backs all over the place playing linebacker. You can play in safety. Uh, you got defensive linemen that can play anywhere. It's just, I mean, it's really kind of a, uh, yeah, where's Waldo defense, you know? <laughs> but where's the guy that's going to get me today? Where, on this snap, who's going to be the guy that gets me? Because Don Brown's that, got that kind of uh, 
versatility with all those kids playing. I'm, I'm looking forward to this being an outstanding defense, really, and making big plays and creating opportunities for the offense. Well, Saturday night we tee it up for real down in South Bend uh, under the lights, a green out for goodness sakes. I'm not even sure if Notre Dame's ever had a green out before. And then you get the two winningest teams in college football. What an environment that should be, Jim. Oh, there's no question. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's right out of the storybooks. It's, <laughs> it's right out of the, uh, uh, you know, the legends. I mean, you've, you've got that great venue. you got Notre Dame Stadium down there, and they'll take the wide shot, and there, they'll be touchdown Jesus down at the mm-hmm. other end, you know, that mosaic on the big building. And, uh, and, and again, the green out, you know when they pull that off at Notre Dame that this is an important game for them, and they want this badly because it's nationally important. And Notre Dame wants to take that first step uh, and be the quote-unquote team that comes out first game and lets everybody know we're a contender. And, and Michigan's going down in there, and they they got to understand that. They'll know that. And it's their job to take that stadium over and kind of mitigate that green out and, and make it their stadium. Those Those 90 Wolverines that walk in there have to do the job on the football field to take that uh, momentum and, and crowd and uh, enthusiasm out of Notre Dame and, and put it back in their corner. I mean, that's their job. It's a tough job, but you know what? That's what's the beauty of college football. Absolutely. you got a great challenge in front of you, and it's about time you step up to the plate and get her done. Well, and just like here at Michigan, Notre Dame, the expectations each year are through the roof. Uh, but with Notre Dame, just like Michigan on the offensive side of the ball, a lot of unknowns with this team, Jim. Yeah, there, there are. And, and uh, the one thing you do know, they're going to be a spread team and they're going to have athletes. I mean, just you know Notre Dame's going to do that. They, the Notre Dame recruits because Notre Dame is Notre Dame. And so you know that they're going to have athletes. They're going to have players that can get the job done. You cannot take them lightly at any stretch of the imagination. And and Wimbush is a dual-threat quarterback that can run and throw. Um, and that's that's one of those things where it's always given Michigan troubles. Those quarterbacks that have the ability to run and extend plays, make plays when you've got them hemmed in, third and eight when you've got them sacked and all of a sudden he gets away and gets a first down, that's another set of downs for them. Those are great momentum builders for the offense, and it hurts the defense. So, you know, Michigan's going to have to be, I mean, on their toes, ready to go, and playing what they feel is maybe the best team they'll play all year because that's the way Notre Dame's going to walk on that field. That's the way they're going to feel, and Michigan has to meet them uh, at that same level. Well, as fans, we all have our memories of great games and moments in this series. For me, it was uh, when the series resumed. I can remember that well. Game was played in South Bend. Ricky Leach keyed a big second half, and we won. There was that Harry Oliver field goal uh, that beat us there as time ran out, and that was John Wangler that came back in that game, brought us back, and we all remember Mr. Eufer's call where the, the wind stopped when yeah, Harry Oliver yeah. booted that field goal. Uh, there have been so many great games in this series, haven't they? It's just amazing that some Michigan fans were, you know, sort of, ah, and it's Notre Dame back on the schedule. A lot of my listeners didn't seem too thrilled that they came back on the schedule, but... <laughs> For those of us who are old enough to have been around for a while in this series, what classic games have we seen, Jim? Well, there's no question. And um, the other thing about it is that it, it, you said it. It's, it's two of the, winning, the two winningest programs in college football. It is a marquee matchup. It, it will get everybody's attention, even a non-football fan, even somebody on the periphery. They'll see Michigan-Notre Dame, and they'll like it. They'll like the idea of watching that. And that, that's what makes it big. And I can understand the people who are you know kind of non-plus with it, too, because mm-hmm. Notre Dame – you know, it's almost like they didn't want this rivalry. They they were the ones that stopped it. 
uh, four or five years ago, whenever it was, uh, when they handed Dave Brandon the letter that says, hey, we're not going to uh, honor the thing. And then it got back on the schedule four years later. So it's kind of Notre Dame has been, you know, the little pretty girl with a curl that has always been courted but has never come to the Big Ten. So a lot of people, you know, get turned off by that. But the reality of life is this is good for college football. It's that marquee matchup. It's that game that even football fans, college football fans who are not fans of, of any one team of this team or the other team will sit at home and turn this on because it is Michigan-Notre Dame. And, uh, I mean, who can ever forget in, in 11 when you talk about the games you remember? Michigan gives up the lead with 30 seconds left in Ann Arbor in their first night game, comes back, and Denard Robinson, the round tree for the score in the corner of the end zone that just blew 110,000 people out of their seats. That, that one was amazing. I remember Mike Gillette making a field goal oh, yeah. against oh, yeah. Notre Dame to beat him at, at, at one point. I remember, I'll never forget another one, when we were at Notre Dame and Tony Rice, the wide receiver, he makes a catch out of bounds right in front of Coach Schembechler, and they ruled him in bounds in a late comeback. Uh, Rocket going twice in Michigan Stadium with a, with a kickoff for a touchdown. Uh, all, there, there's so many great moments in this rivalry, and that's what makes it great. And that's what I think people remember, all those great moments, and, and they're looking for another one. You know, in in a game like this, because it has produced so many. That's what I think the great anticipation is for this game. Well, final question for you, Jim: Do you have good vibes about this team? You know, I do. I, I do, and and the reason I do is because of that defense. I mean, I think the offense is going to be a little bit of a work in product or a work in process, uh, in progress. Excuse me, I didn't get it right. But uh, defensively, you know, you can hang your hat on that defense, and that if if somebody's going to put a lot of points on the board. You almost get the sense that Michigan's going to have to help them with turnovers and things like that. But this defense is not going to give up a lot. And and when you when you know that you've got that in your back pocket, uh, I, I think you feel pretty good walking into every game. And if the if the offense is able to improve and get better and move the football and, uh, and score some points, uh, I think you feel like you've got a shot in every game you're playing. So, you know, if I had to say how I feel in my bones. Uh, that defense that Don Brown has assembled, I think, gives me a, a comfortable feeling in a sense that you know, I know I've got that going for me. And if the offense takes a little time to come around, that's okay because I know what I've got on that other side of the ball. And I think that's going to be pretty strong. So I feel pretty good about this team. And, uh, again, it depends upon injuries and breaks and bounce of the ball and a lot of those things in close games. Um, but remember, too, this is the toughest schedule in the country. And and that's going to be problematic for Michigan in, in reality. When you've got to go on the road to Michigan State, Ohio State, and Notre Dame, and at home you've got Nebraska, Penn State, and Wisconsin, uh, not to mention a road game at Northwestern, it's not going to be easy. I mean, that's those are seven games out of 12 that uh, you might be playing a top-20 team. That's a tough run. And uh, if they come through it unscathed, man, that's going to be special. Oh, yeah, and we uh, don't have to wait long now. Saturday night, we uh, we get to finally see some Michigan football, and we get to turn down the TV and listen to the radio play-by-play voice of Michigan football, Jim Branstetter. Back. I like that. Yeah, well, that's the way we always do it. Uh, always do that from the time. My mom got me started on that when I was a kid, from the Tigers to Michigan. Listening to Bob Eufer had to be, uh, well, it was always special. Was. He was the... Uh... He was one of a kind, man. Well, we're looking forward to uh, your call of the game Saturday night, Jim. And as always, thanks for your time, being very gracious with your time. 
and look forward to having you back later in the season. Glad to be with you, Mike. Take care. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits, last night on his radio show, Jim said he is not ruling out the return of Tariq Black at some point this season. If he doesn't need surgery, he could rehab and be back. Maybe. We'll just have to see what the docs say in the coming weeks. Other than that, no serious injuries that we know of. We will update again on Thursday's show. Thanks again to Jim Brandstetter for being so generous with his time on Game Week. He's just a first-class guy, and it's always a pleasure to have him on the show. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, we'll be joined by Lou Samoji, who is the editor of Notre Dame's Blue and Gold Illustrated. We'll get his thoughts on the game from a Notre Dame perspective. Lou has been around that program for a long time. We've had him on the show many times, so I hope you'll join us to see what he has to say. Remember, our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Stitcher, and Wolverine Sports Radio. That will do it for our game day edition of The Michigan Man. Again, on Thursday's show, we'll have the latest injury news available, game day facts, and a peek at the weather forecast for Saturday night down in South Bend. Once again, we're going to have the Notre Dame perspective on the game when we are joined by editor Lou Simoji from Notre Dame's Blue and Gold Illustrated. So please make sure you tune us in. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Make sure you tell your Michigan friends and family about the show. And tune us in each week for the latest news on your Wolverines. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. We'll see you Thursday. Until then, take care. And as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!